I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert, and my pronouns are also he and him. And I'm Miss Jade, and my pronouns are she, them, and Tatiana. And, and this, this is, is Grizzly Kiki. Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with James Charles. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95 and they offer great customer service. I should know. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that? (laughs) Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry. And Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm now considering a divorce. Hey! To get started, head over to WarbyPorkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Wait, wait, wait. Warby Porker? That's a very different website. I was projecting. Very different. I mean, I project in all directions. Give them them that link one more time. Oh, sorry. To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Porker. You'll regret it. (laughs) Thatiana. Yes, it's literally one of my pronouns. Are you the Thatiana? I am the Thatiana. Thatiana Ali. It's been bust. It's been down. You're the Tatiana of bust down fame. It's true. <laughs> you two have your own line of bonnet hair dryers. <laughs> Pull oh my that bitch over. Miss Jade. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. How are y'all doing? We're good. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So nice to see you after so long. It is so nice to see you guys as well. So nice. <laughs> it's so nice. That sounded really genuine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, really. It's so nice. <laughs> so great to see so me. good so good <laughs> um what have you been up to been traveling the world well yeah i guess since the last time we saw each other we just did a little catch up but yes um um traveling a little bit vacationing i got to teach um at a dance series a master series um modern dance in ohio okay um i got to little, do a little vacationing i'll be vacationing again soon hopefully um, Do you have a vacation planned? Not yet. Uh, not yet. I'm debating about going to LA at the end of August and early September. Um, if there's anyone else, anywhere else you think I should go, you would like to recommend, please do so. I'm down to here. Um, so when are you leaving? I'd like to leave August 31st. Wow. <laughs> oh. That's very soon. It's very soon. <laughs> but, you know, I like a little, like, you know, people think like tourists are just like, you know. You'll be leaving three days from now. Yeah, right. Gotta go. <laughs> gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> is there some? Is there an event happening in LA that uh, that you want to go there for? Nope, <laughs> no, not a specific event. But if I'm there, I'll definitely see what's see what's going on. Yeah, I've, uh, some family and some friends were there. Um, it'd be cute to check out some nightlife. I do love the nightlife there. Yeah, 
She's a like jet spooky. setter. Yeah, why not? Uh, I I think that would be great. I think you should go out there and perform a little bit and see what happens. That could be cool. Maybe Miss Jade will be living in um, Beverly Hills. Are you trying to get rid of me? <laughs> I sure am. No, no. Bitch, um, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I just, I wonder if maybe um we had a little bit of a conversation i don't i don't want to spill all of your tea on the podcast okay. we had a little bit of a conversation about um you performing and i'm just wondering what your um like what your uh opportunities would look like in la okay. because i just i want you to be famous that's all oh yes i would love <laughs> to be famous um wait correction you are famous i want you to be paid like you're famous. Paid you like I'm mm-hmm. famous. There you go. Ooh, I like that even. I could vacation some more, bitch. Let's yeah. do this. You can okay. live on vacation. Oh. <laughs> on a yacht. <laughs> Gotta get on that Janet Jackson plan and marry rich. You could buy your own yacht and then just gig on the yacht. Yachtiana. You're just like a traveling gig. <laughs> Yachtiana. They're all the, Iana's. Yes. The pronoun keeps changing. The pronoun keeps changing. <laughs> My property, like everything will have names like that. Why not? I love it. <laughs> yes. I would love to be paid as if I'm famous. Pa- paid as if I'm paid famously. Famous. I'd be famously paid. <laughs> famous for being paid. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Why the fuck not? Um... You are going to be performing at Bushwig coming up. I am going to be performing in Bushwig. Correct. Can you give us a sampling of what you may or may not be performing this year? Um, yes, I will give a little a little taste. And I haven't told anyone this really, but I'm going to be doing um, a very Latin kind of like themed Latin ballroom inspired number. Oh, yeah. So it's very cha cha. Very cha cha. Um, Betty Cha Cha. I mean, I'm switching it up a little bit. Um, going back to dancing a little bit more, but also just like you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be different and cute. Yeah. Are there gonna be feathers? No feathers. No feathers. So sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> we love a feather. It'll be cute. It'll be different. And um, I I I feel like I'm always doing something that people haven't done at Bushwick or like you don't see. Mm-hmm. Of in Bushwick, mm-hmm. um, I really think of it as kind of a platform and like at the stage and like, all right, how do we, mm-hmm. how do I u- make use of the space? It's not a fucking dark bar at one a.m. Like, mm-hmm. this it's is a great platform. It's a great platform. Yeah. Like the stage, the space, the 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 people who come. Um, so why not challenge myself to do new, fun, creative numbers? Um, so yeah, I always try to make sure whenever I'm on that stage mm-hmm. to like switch it up and keep keep these hoes guessing. It's true. That, I mean, especially last year when you went a little deeper than most. Deep. You know? Yeah. You really did. I you, went a little like, deep. You really did go Very, deep. For those of you who were not there, I fisted someone on stage to the song of, um, Hands by Jewel. So I ruined Jewel for many of these white folk. <laughs> Sorry. But you gave us a gem. I gave you a gem. You did. And you'll never forget I it. Was, I was, I'm was. i still gagged. You're to still this gagged. Day. I think about it and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the song started and I was like, what? Exactly. And then... And then the fisting began, and I was like, "Oh, oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. This is more. Mm-hmm. This is more her speech. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> more on brand. Yeah, I just, you know, um, you know, we know I'm a dancing queen, but you know, I like to switch right. it up and like give a little comedy, a little like. <laughs> also, like I, I like I, I think 
I feel like I've been doing a lot of religious numbers, but making fun of religion a little mm-hmm. bit. So Love there was that. like religious undertones to that number, that piece. And um, oh, right. Yeah, that outfit actually was kind of supposed to be like kind of a bondage um, nun outfit. But because it was pink, I think people didn't catch that um, as well. as oh. Yeah. Um, a wimple probably would have. Oh, my God. Would have uh, really like sold it. Mm-hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe like a. Um, Ooh, like a like a bondage wimple that's almost like a um <laughs> like a like a um oh my god words are leaving my brain faster than ever um thank it's you thank you marijuana mm. um uh like a harness but a wimple does that make sense fantasy like a like a wimple but a harness a wimple is the thing they wear on their heads yes a yeah. harness yeah a warn- I, mm. imagine but imagine it as a harness a and, and imagine the Connected. um the almost the hoodie element of it being like strips of leather almost mm. like a cat of nine tails but or latex as, mm. well not but not uh not like one piece of latex i'm talking about like strips of it strips so it looks it. almost like Layered. like it's hair but it's a wimple mm-hmm. a hairy wimple. but it's all connected in the back and so it's like it has the designers i can see that. <laughs> yeah designers designers <laughs> Someone make I it. just picture you looking like a really like sexy hot air balloon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just with all because I think you know like what? like the wimples like the bonnet and like yeah, the yeah. net and I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I think it could be amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. we we've moved on from that era. We rig you to fly. Yeah. We're in a different place. We're, yeah, we're in a different you know, place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, people have requested that I bring that number back or um, showcase it at the box. Nothing. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, but who knows? Maybe it'll happen again. Maybe at mm-hmm. Sasha Valora's nightgowns. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that could be fun. You don't even tell them what you're doing. You just yeah. do it. Oh, no need for a tech, babe. I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Have a mop handy. Definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, it's interesting <laughs> performing at, at these non, non-bar places, especially during Pride Month, because mm. people are really policing um, my like drag choices. Really? Uh, yeah, I had a lot of people, um, you know, corporations and mm-hmm. and um, organizations who were hosting an adult drag queen show, mm-hmm. but kind of telling me like, oh, don't do that. Or like, oh, I don't know. That's a little, oh, we don't know. Oh, my God. And I'm like, you hired an adult per- to perform for adults. I should be able to do adult content. No, it's not drag queen story hour. Relax. So. No, they right. want that drag race drag. You know that Ooh. middle of the road sanitized there, drag. There was a mm. there was a drag race girl who was hired by a nonprofit organization, a, 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 a quilt bang nonprofit organization okay. that they they performed a number that had the t word in it. It was like a live singing number okay. that had the t word in it, and nothing was there. Were, there was no anything made of that. Oh, okay. Which is very interesting, mm. considering that the organization that hired them. Uh, they what they specialize in is um, harm reduction for quilt bang youth. Oh, interesting. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming this queen was not trans. No. Oh, no. Well, definitely cis. Cis. Okay. Well, a cis. That wasn't cis- very sisterly. Nope. No. Um, oh, that did not make me feel good. That's yeah. just no, like... it didn't make me feel good either. Hey. Watching it on their YouTube channel. Right. <laughs> oh, so let's hunt it down. Um, what I did during Pride, though, to make sure I, I did these gigs, I took their money, but I also a asked for more, oops, mm-hmm. and b shamed them for like, <laughs> oh, oh, you better yes. believe it, bitch! Like you were hiring That's me, amazing. you're an or, you're a 
a corporation and you're right. offering me how much money and then you're telling mm. me what I can and can't perform I want more and <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll take your money I'll change my numbers I guess I roll but I'm also gonna <laughs> do queer <laughs> trivia because it's pride month and I want to show you how dumb you are <laughs> so that was my thing and I told them that during my during my trivia I did queer trivia and when they didn't know answers I was like wow you guys will book a queen during pride month but not know my history <gasps> trash didn't you guys go to college ah! do you have a, have a degree to to work here um hmm. so like you know anytime ah. i can throw a little bit of shade oh i took it and i took the money too um have you ever thought That's about amazing. going into dominatrix i was just first? gonna say i have actually <laughs> I think you would be really good at it. I um, would love that. Actually, I know that sounds feel crazy. Like a nasty little shit. It doesn't sound it doesn't sound crazy at all. I think you would be really good at I've, it. I, I thought about it. Paid very well. I think when I when I first moved to Brooklyn, it was mm-hmm. definitely a, an option I thought of, um, and I've thought about it a lot recently. And um, I I just think it would really expand my brand. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, the, like knowing you as long as I have that you would be like berating a client and just start going. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they'd like the that out. though. Yeah, they're, they're into clown play, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you have them in a gimp mask and they're like, I thought I hired a mistress, not a clown. What happened? Um, It'd just be funny to think of like, there's this person who teaches kids by day oh my God. and reads books at libraries to children but at night you can find them at macri park or at the dungeon in soho mm-hmm. or like you know it's um like the mass crusader it's just really funny like because i can do all these things and not mm-hmm. kind of blink an eye like it would be like cool and fun and an adventure for me mm-hmm. but like you know talking about it to my friends or like bringing it up in conversation with family which probably won't happen but like Maybe it would. I don't care. I've, I live my life openly. Um, I'm just saying, think about it because if you're if I, you're really interested in taking the listen, money from corporations, oh, what better, what easier way to take it? From oh, corporations honey, if than, you are, than Wall Street's uh, employees coming hey, to you and asking you to, I don't know, step on their balls yeah, or whatever. I don't know. What I happens. mean, a fucking dog sit in yeah. Fidei. Why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, pups. If you Fidei. Fi- oh, oh my! That's what all the hip people call the financial district. Stop! Not oh. fitty. <laughs> not fitty. I want fitty. I like that better, bitch. Right? Oh my god! I live in fitty. I live in fitty, honey. You know, some white person one day is, is going to yeah. start calling it fitty. fitty. Oh, you mean fitty? Is this a safe space? Can what? I share something? When you said fidei, mm-hmm. I imagine it spelled phi. <laughs> That's the fraternity. <laughs> Fi and dies. Um. <laughs> So if you are working on Wall Street and you're looking for a dominatrix, hire me, Miss Jade. But I probably will change my name. It'll probably be like, you know what I thought it Mistress should be? Emerald? Mistress Zaneda. I, I knew it. <laughs> I knew I it. thought about that. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Like, she's not wow. using it. She's no, not using it. She sure is You should. Done. Do so. you know, uh, getting back to Bushwick, which is Bushwig, which is what got us on this topic. Um, do you know what night you're performing? I do not know what night I'm performing. I'm happy that you know that I'm performing at night because that's when the headliners perform. <laughs> yeah, they start performing at like one in the afternoon. I don't know that for a fact. You oh. might be performing at 4 p.m. I have no idea. The prequel. Well, <laughs> I, I feel like the more important you are, the later you perform. And Miss Jade last year performed at like nine o'clock. Mm. So that's not that didn't happen. It was like clo- it was like after twelve. Well, there you go. It was better. It was no. Late. It wasn't that late. It was yeah. scheduled. No, it was early. You performed er- on the earlier. It was side. earlier it was, in the it evening. It was before ten. Yeah, it was definitely before ten. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. 
I feel like we were all exhausted. I mean, I think you were exhausted. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, coming for my life, bitch. Oh, you tired, bitch. Um, I did have a weekend, girl. It wasn't much. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, was it the last day? There, one of the days that had to end early. No, because the last day you were doing that fashion show. Oh yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not know what time, and unless unless you are hosting. Or a no. drag race girl, you don't know the time you're performing yet. Well, be sure to get your tickets to Bushwig. Mm-hmm. I believe there are still tickets available. Miss me, yeah. and um, and be there both nights because yeah. you're going to see Miss Jade perform at some point, and you're not going to regret it. Yeah. yeah. And on the day that I'm not going to be performing, I'm going to be running around throwing shit at everyone. So you <laughs> might want to see or hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that so, when Mistress Zaneda is going to make her, uh, her debut? I mean, bitch, you want to make me a fucking Dom, Dominatrix outfit? Right, just... Ooh, oh. that was loud. I wonder if Bob still has their... Um, Bob still has his uh, whip. Because when he was kitten with a whip, he had a whip. And it was like... Whoop-a. It was an impressive whip. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, was it a long one or was it like... It was a long one. Super long. The kind mm. that you can like wrap around one hand, like wrap half a of it around cat your hand. Fantasy? still... Oh, oh my yeah. Yes. yeah. And um, she knew how to like... I love that. Mm, I like want. I need it. Yes, hire me. <laughs> Bushwick. Yes. Be there. <laughs> um. Do we want to? Do we want to take a break real quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to take a break. Um. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the show Euphoria. That's what we're here to do. Euphoria. And so, just a quick warning. We'll warn you again when we come back from commercial. But this episode is full. Of Euphoria spoilers. Yes. So if you haven't watched the show yet and you're not into spoilers, just be aware mm-hmm. that that's what's coming. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, stick around. We'll be right back. Yes, ma'am. Oh, hi. It's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back, and it's time to talk about Euphoria. And that as I promised, <laughs> we're warning you again, there are spoilers ahead. Um, Lots. Yes, there are spoilers ahead, but I will say this. I listened to a spoiler-laden podcast. I believe, um, oh, it was Queer Walk. Queer Walk did an episode about Euphoria, and listening to them talk about it made me want to watch it more. Uh, so, you know, keep that in mind. Okay. Um, you might, you know, you might not be bothered by a spoiler. You yeah. Know? So... And I guess like you know, trigger warning. Oh, full <laughs> trigger, trigger warning. warning. Oh yeah, lots and lots of trigger warnings. They're not always necessary, but I know a lot of people have had a hard time watching this show mm. um, from all different walks of life. Um, so you know, be prepared. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. We're going to talk about that. That's yeah. definitely on mm. the docket. Um, so let's uh, tell the people what Euphoria is. So Euphoria is an HBO series based on an Israeli series of the same name, and it follows a group of high school students as they deal with things like drugs, uh, sex, identity, trauma, social media, love, friendships, and like basically everything in between. Right. Mm. It's really just like a very dense um, show. I think in many but ways it takes place currently, like in in like, it's, yeah. it's like today's climate. Yeah. yeah. Although I well, 
It's hard to say because like after what, like even while we were watching it, we were trying to figure out where it was taking place, when it was taking place. And like, I feel like it takes place in some sort of like sliders dimension. Do you remember that show with Jerry O'Connell where they would like jump from dimension to dimension and it was like kind of like a version. Okay. Right? No. No, okay. bad reference. <laughs> anyway, it, it to me, it, it felt like a like a slightly warped reality where some things were very normalized others weren't it was um and i think that's what made the show so disorienting at times was that you 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 as the viewer couldn't ground yourself like in the space that they were inhabiting like you you couldn't say like this is this place or this time um and i think that that was um a device that they used on purpose to kind of mm. like make you feel uneasy but i thought it was totally in the west coast and totally today <laughs> that's how i felt i i think that the time period was definitely very clear that it was today because With there it. was there was a lot of digital like references to digital things yeah, the access like. yeah uh it was it was one of the things that they po- actually pointed it out uh pointed out on the review of euphoria they did on queer walk um, where they thought it was interesting that there wasn't a clear indicator as to where it took place. Mm-hmm. But I think Daniel pointed out there's an episode where um, the when, when Fez's mm-hmm. house gets raided, they said uh, LAPD open up and we were like, oh, yeah, okay. I, was like, I, swear, in, I, was, I swear it was in LA. But we're in LA. Or yeah. like near LA because just because that person's house is in LA doesn't mean that yeah, they it was live some sort it, of like, like small town yeah. just outside or something. That's yeah. what it sounded totally like. Because they made a lot of references to living in a right. small town. Yeah. Which is so, very interesting. Which is very interesting because my understanding of the um, the surrounding areas in LA is that they're very conservative and very um, le- they're less than tolerant of the quilt bang community, like LGBT mm-hmm. folks and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So the 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 normalizing of um, like the the fact that there, it was never brought up that Rue is black. And that, oh. you know, the uh, mm-hmm. one of the things I thought was very interesting is while you didn't really see Rue interacting with a lot of friends, the friends she did have were white. They were all white. Mm-hmm. And wow. then her sister is the only only character oh on the show who's God. introducing. To... She's only interacting mm-hmm. with other black kids. Yeah, and I thought that right. was really strange. Interesting. Because you didn't really see them outside of when like when Rue is confronting her sister and she's mm-hmm. hanging out with her friends. You mm-hmm. never really saw those kids outside of those moments. Parties, yeah. 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 The only other like prominent black character on the show was McKay. Right. And he wasn't even there like mm-hmm. a lot because he's off at college. Mm-hmm. So it would just right. it felt it was very white, but like that almost like it, it was like like race took like a total backseat to everything, okay, which yeah. was interesting. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but like in almost everything that's on TV, when there's a person who's different or, yeah. you know, somebody who's marginalized, mm-hmm. um, they, they bring up. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, season two, Rue, bitch. <laughs> you know, Rue fell into drug addiction because she was black and bl- no. Yeah. She. Interesting. Like, started taking her dad's pills while he was dying, and then it, like, spiraled. You know, very interesting things. But she's also half white, so... I was going to say she's biracial. I was just going to say. And sometimes... I I think that it they use it, too, to kind of, like... Make the interactions that she had with her essentially, like, 100% white friends group, like, easier? I I don't know, but it just... It wasn't mentioned, which is very interesting Mm -hmm. to me. That's... 
Mm. Um, I feel like there's many a biracial yeah. person, many a biracial person, mm-hmm. <laughs> many biracial people who like you know that's kind of their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, they, but yeah. yeah, there was also Maddie who was Hispanic, very clearly, <laughs> and that wasn't discussed. Like, it wasn't even like. And I think that was a good thing though, because you never see it not mentioned. It's always like your ethnicity is your marker. Yeah, you know. And I think teenagers or like younger kids don't really like at least mm-hmm. the kids that I am around as a, as a teacher. Like, um, they don't talk about their like ethnicity or their like no. color. Like, I bring it up. Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the you know kids will come to class and they'll be sunburned. I'm like, girl, you know any any sunblock on and like no and i was like well i don't because like look at this gorgeous chocolate skin (laughs) and then then the other kids some of the kids will be like oh i don't either and i was like well aren't you mexican like you're half mexican and half white right and she's like yeah and i'm like and aren't you lebanese and i was like that's why we got melanin baby like we don't gotta but it's me talking about it and it's like (laughs) yeah maybe maybe i shouldn't be talking about it with my students but like i'm that weird teacher who's like you know anything's up for Mm -hmm. discussion in a weird way but like you should be promoting not- use of sunblock. <laughs> no, seriously, skin cancer is a thing. I know. Mm-hmm. But like, you, you know, then, th- then there's me, you know, I'm just like chocolatey. I'm like absorbing the sun. Also, I hide from the sun mostly anyway. But anyway, but like <laughs> their the, the, other classmates, they're not talking about like, you know, oh yeah, you're Mexican. So th- it's not a discussion. That so you think the current, because this is very much uh, Generation Z mm-hmm. that uh, is like the, the characters of this show are, are are meant to be part of that generation. So yeah. you think Generation Z is not talking about I don't think stuff. they're talking about race that much. They're mm. just like living kind of in this like. Do you think they truly believe like they're living in like a post-race world? I don't know if they're believing it, but I believe they're acting like it. Hmm. That's interesting. Or at least I what their like. interactions. Like that's why I think um, this show wasn't warped for me because I see these kids mm. who are like okay. like one of my one of my co-workers her daughter dances with us sometimes but dance other places she's she's come out as uh, bisexual and her my co-worker's very supportive and has me and um, it's kind of not discussed it's not a thing that it needs attention mm-hmm. or like bearing or like okay. you know we're not it's just they they are who they are and we're just kind of them them and the classmates are all kind of just letting it rock mm. they're also not discussing that you know that she's mixed like it's just there's interesting things that mm-hmm. i think about that they're not thinking about or at That's least they're not discussing when they're all together around mm. me and i'm pretty mm. sure of course maybe they're curating what their speech is but um maybe they're not hmm hmm Hmm. <laughs> I would I just I would I would be curious to know if that we is... have to watch the children. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I would I would be curious to know if that's because we are because the kids you're teaching are in such close proximity to New York City. Mm. And maybe this is a similar thing because these characters are in such close proximity to L.A. I don't know. I'd, I just I wonder if because it was definitely something that stood out to me that we are never discussing that um, we're never discussing Rue being black or Jules being trans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you have that moment where um, where Jules refers to uh, Nate as a faggot. And it's a thing that he takes, mm-hmm. you know, he takes mm-hmm. to heart. And and so <laughs> I, it just I, like how did, like his daddy right that was mm. the and and so how did those Hereditary. two you you have um you you have the concept of these kids living in a world where Jules being trans is not a big deal Rue being black isn't a big deal but then 
you're you have this character who is using the word faggot to cut this person down mm-hmm. uh and she knew, I don't know, I just she it, knew it would you know she knew yeah. it would because it was something that they were struggling with so mm-hmm. again that's one of the things that i thought was confusing a little bit is why are nate and his father struggling with their sexual orientation when this place is so, this place is so oh it seems yeah. to be so accepting yeah well yeah and i feel like it, it would have been but i mean that like that that family the jacobs family it's they're like a strange um kind of like white picket fence type in comparison to like everybody else in the show because like cassie's mom is a like out in the open alcoholic right right Mm -hmm. right same all the (laughs) ring for wine um (laughs) but so i feel like the but i i feel like like what, what you see in nate's dad um cal is just this um self-imposed like um i keeping up with the joneses but like this self-imposed facade yeah. well that family well, you know they're they're held up as a as yeah. like a model family I mean, he, like yeah. they said at one point he like owns fantasy he like owns what half the town or something like yeah you know so i do get that and you know he has the best chili in town too apparently <laughs> at in more like... ways than one i guess Whoa, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Wow, I just, there's pork in it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, and you saw that pork, you, and the, that casing. I was huh. fully gagged when you saw his erect penis on the first episode. There's a lot of penises on that show. I forgot, but mm-hmm. an an erect penis on a television show. I mean, also like we don't he's see that so very hot. Often. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Um. Well, fully, fully McSteamy from Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Well, I know him from like other shows and like um, right. fucking charmed back in the day you know? oh Woo, she's old um, oh my god you're right yeah but i was thinking like yes the the location but like then you think of like the age and the generation mm-hmm. like like his generation um what's the dad's name again i'm sorry cal cal, cal. nate's dad cal like that generation has like a lot of imposed shame about like um orientation and expression mm-hmm. and like keeping up with the joneses and um but like as I've, i know i've said on the show before like shame is just like so like warping and it will tell you how to mm-hmm. how how to act how to um deflect you know like all that shit so um being raised with that can't also be great either right so well and then when he passes it on to his son as well Mm -hmm. it's like this you know inherited trauma which is kind of all over the place in this show oh yeah like it it, sometimes it was an enigma for me i was like wait what's happening here uh (laughs) uh-huh like you have you have like uh you know between nate and, and his dad cassie and her mom because i feel like you know with with cal and nate he was trying to like raise this like son who was gonna be like straight so like even though like he was fucked up his son was gonna be like normal you know and he was gonna like get rid of all that but then he created this like Like, nasty mm -hmm. like douchey misogynistic like yeah I don't like using this word, but like psychopath who can't process their emotions and and have good relationships. Like it was very clear that Mm -hmm. like, wow, that really stunted his, his, um, his 
mental growth and and capabilities. I mean, I I think it it just left him like an infant. And you see that in that scene where like, it almost looks like they're going to kiss, which is really weird. Oh, yes. I was just like, I was very confused. I said, I'm not ready for this. I know exactly what moment you're talking about. But, and I was like, no, 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 stop. Oh, you were here for a little incest? I was like, you can't. daddy moment? Oh, sorry. (laughs) I mean, we've all fallen down that that pornhub hole. Um, We is too many people. Well, you know. Um, but then like, you know, when he like pins him to the ground and I think just basically like shakes him out of whatever, whatever state he was in. And he's like pounding in his underwear. It's just so yeah. like infantile. Slamming his head to the yeah. floor. Tantrum. And then nobody Straight in the house heard that. That's what I was thinking. I was but like, these anyway. white people better wake up. <laughs> was, I was know. very, that was very perplexing that whole moment. Yeah. I also, and then we never come back to it. It's interesting that, um, Mm-mm. that they're, they don't really focus on Nate's brother who it seemed like is like a failed oh, experiment in a yeah. way because it, it's clear, <laughs> it's clear that Cal is trying to raise one of his kids to be the ideal straight, uh, NFL, yeah. NFL yeah. quarterback mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. Like the, the alpha the, male, the alpha male. And you see his failure through Nate's brother but then there's Nate who's still like it's it's almost like um like Nate maybe is being is feeling the pressure of still living up to his dad's expectations mm-hmm. of him but there's this slight whereas his dad is like full force feeling the um the trauma of of um of of being uh repressed mm-hmm. about his sexuality Nate I feel like sees the like sees a door opening for him so that maybe he can mm-hmm. do something about it at some point um anyway I'm I'm just I'm I'm thinking about season 2 uh, so the show was heavy girl the show was heavy it was very heavy but it's also like it's kind of amazing at certain points too I mean it it's kind of generally amazing across the board but one of the people that stood out to me a lot was Cat because mm. her, st- I like, I wanted more of her storyline. You mean you want to start like twerking on Pornhub? Oh, I, sh- I already have. <laughs> um, oh, it literally made me want to start an Amazon wish list. Like, <laughs> and you know, I love a good makeover montage. Like, it's just makeover and like walking down the halls at school. Like, that's yeah. amazing. You got me. Um, but also, like, when she was dressing up for prom or whatever that dance was that they were going to, did her mother not think like, hmm, how is she getting all these things? I mean, as soon as she started wearing different, I, I was, it made me think like, how did I get clothes when I was young? Like, I didn't really shop that much for myself until I was probably late into high yeah. school. But like, I, I didn't have no job or a job like that where mm-hmm. I was like bringing home looks like that. Like she was leaving the house with looks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless, you That's know, money. her mother thought, you know, oh, these little charges on the credit card. Yeah. But like... Oh, she must have saved her allowance. Yeah, I don't know. So I we had a conversation about that after the the last episode. I think that Kat was always that kid that was like way too smart for her age. Mm. And so her parents got used to her coming up with different ways of having an income or different ways of like getting what she mm-hmm. needed to to do whatever it was that she wanted because she was so um, focused on whatever it was she okay. wanted that they wouldn't question something like a change in her clothing or her makeup even got it. Mm-hmm. because okay. they were just used to it. That's just, that's what, that's the impression I got mm-hmm. from it. I mean, it's an interesting perspective and she obviously was like, the brains of her friends group 
in a way. Absolutely. And that's something that I also liked um, was that group of girls. You know, you had Rue and Cassie and Maddie and to a certain extent, even Lexi and Kat in there as well. And they're all very diverse in terms of race. Well, and you're mixing groups now because sense. they weren't all friends. Yeah. Wait, was not, was Kat so, not a part of, of... I feel like Rue wasn't really that part of the group. Was Rue, she just in and out? Rue was friends with Lexi and Jules. And then Jules was friends with Kat, Kat. and Kat was friends with, you know, like all oh, the other group. When like I saw that group, things. it was yeah. When I saw that group, I was like, "Look at these burners! Mm-hmm. Like they're a mess. Like you know, messy girls mm-hmm. like jeweling in the house and like, oh my god, mom, get out!" Like I was like, "Oh my god, this oh is god. weird." Yeah, <laughs> what interesting choices. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I enjoyed that the show gave us two very different perspectives on leaked nudes. Mm-hmm. On one hand, you have Cassie, who had a sex tape of hers leak, and it ruined her reputation. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, you have Kat, who had a sex tape take leak, a sex tape leak, and it empowered her in a way. Mm -hmm. Eventually, yes. Eventually, but I don't Mm -hmm. think she ever. At least I didn't. I didn't experience it as her. Like she got it taken down, but I never really experienced it as her feeling shame about it. It's. It almost seemed Mm -hmm. like. Well, you can tell if it was her, really. That's another right, thing. It's like, right. it's like, is this you? Is this you? Right. But then when people had shit record, recorded the video and then was sharing it and was getting views and like comments of like, who the fuck is this girl? I want to worship her. Like, mm-hmm. I want to fuck her. Like, you know, that, you know, she, I mean, she, before that video, she was a virgin and she didn't right. feel, she never felt being amongst like being a bunch of like skinny white bitches all the time like you know it's it's very rare for a big girl to like feel their fantasy in that kind of like right. realm so when people were like worshiping her kind of kind of like how they were with her writings mm-hmm. um you know she felt like she could be the queen and seen for how she feels you know right. it, it yeah. did empower her eventually but there was definitely like some shock and some shame for her for a moment yeah. i just think that the narrative nowadays is very much at least for us old people the narrative is don't take nudes and they won't leak which mm-hmm. is a, an unrealistic expectation given the the way that technology mm. works today uh mm-hmm. and it's just that's a thing and it's discussed in the show that like you know some one one of the characters says nudes are the way that we express our love i think uh so i i like that the show is not um is not taking the narrative of nudes leak i mean revenge porn is awful yeah and not there's no mm-hmm. there's and no instant and illegal <laughs> yes oh. but there's no instance where revenge porn or um or, or uh filming a sexual act without everyone's consent yeah is is a good thing but i i like that at least the show is providing two different perspectives yeah. And, and I, and I wanted to help the narrative because I think it's, I think it's silly in today's super tech savvy world that Mm -hmm. we're still looking at nudes. It's like, oh, but maybe you shouldn't have taken that photo. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. And and then you have kind of a third facet of that when Nate basically uses Jules's nudes as currency in a way, because, Mm -hmm. you know, he wants her to basically cover up, help him and Maddie cover up, you know, this whole thing with the bruises on her neck. And it's like. I had forgotten that kids have been charged for like disseminating nude photos of themselves because it counts as child porn. Even Mm. if you're like, depending where you live, depending on where you live, like if you're underage and you're 
like giving Sharing, people your yeah. nudes, mm-hmm. you can be charged with distributing child pornography. Right. And that was like, I thought something very interesting and I guess useful to like include because it shows you another yet another kind of way in which you know intimate details or photos of yourself can be used against you right and not not empower you at all not give you like just totally destroy your life really you know um especially when you're like a marginalized person Mm -hmm. like jules is because he didn't say that out loud outright but there were moments where he was like intimating like you know you're already going to have it hard because you're trans like with this forget it right and that was very scary did the show say nudes or currency because that's what i feel like it did and also i've been thinking a lot about that because like it's not even just like nudes are currency it's like you know how and what we post on like facebook Mm -hmm. and instagram and how many likes it gets like it kind of is and i also bring this up because a friend um a, f- a friend um, posted like, oh my God, my roommate's sick. Everyone send them nudes. Like, you know, for my birthday, I was like, oh my God, everyone send me nudes for my birthday. Like, you know, it's, it is a way, like a currency exchange. Of, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Every like, boner's a blessing. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't look at it. I don't think that that's necessarily saying it's currency. I just think that people enjoy it when they, when they yeah, request it. It's an exchange. Well, they have so a that's value. Like, that's there, there, there is a... Um, I don't think that you can quantify the value, but you no. can definitely qualify it. I mean, I like and I like nakedness. You know. So, like when I ask for it for my birthday, it's a gift, and that's like mm-hmm. an exchange for yeah. me. I'm like, oh, that's like is is our nudes currency? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flowers die, a nude lasts forever. Mm-hmm. It's true. Don't lose your phone, girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely um we had a conversation about nudes and I think we asked not yeah. I think we asked the listeners to send us their nudes <gasps> and then I realized cuz we got a we got a handful of nudes and they were they were fun. Um but I felt bad because I was like, well, I had no intention of reciprocating and I feel like that's wrong. Well, did well, it's not wrong. Did they were they expecting? No. Uh, okay. I don't think they I, were. Am, I don't, they weren't expecting anything but I still felt bad. I was like this Why? this should have been an exchange and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, or was it an exchange? It was. I mean, I feel like people exchange. Like, <laughs> I feel like people we were also like, like 75% joking. Craig, you ain't got stalat. I just I feel know. like I too enjoy a nude. Well, that's what I'm saying. Nude. It's like some people like showing, some people like, you know, oh, yeah. Um, and even, even when I was asking for news for my birthday, people, I think only one person like requested them, requested news back. No one else was mm. like, where's mine? Like, see, that's true because it's your birthday. So yeah. it's a present. You don't expect something back when you, you get don't. a present. Um, and I just, then, I then they were expecting like... more nudes after that and nudes for their birthday. I was like, you better stop. <laughs> we I don't just, know each other like I that. I feel like there's a vulnerability that comes out when you, when you send someone a nude. And I feel like you should reciprocate that vulnerability. That's all. That's, yeah. where, that's where my head was at. Okay. I don't agree, but that's okay. <laughs> we don't have to agree. Yeah. Just have one standard nude in good lighting. It's just like your... Mm. You know, your form letter. Mm. <laughs> um, one of the other things that was a little confusing about the show is that they went from being sex positive to slut shaming. Like they went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth very quickly, very easily. And ag- again, I don't understand. You're living in this utopia. Why is slut shaming? Ev- why does why because, does slut shaming live I think, here? I don't think it's a utopia. I think it's Mm-mm. it's literally showing a spectrum of what what kind of the youth are seeing and going through today. Like. Right. Um, 
I, I, again, I have students who like make jokes that I'm like gagged. Like I, I, a couple of years ago, I had a student who was being like a brat during class and I was like, girl, get it together. And she said, did you just assume my gender identity? <gasps> and she said that, but she said it as a joke. And I was right. just like, this motherfucking bitch. But it like gooped me for a moment uh-huh. because like she, she understood the idea of gender identity and how people can be misgendered. Right. But she didn't like use it in an empowering, or whatever. She didn't just take, she didn't take the opportunity to like be educational about it, which is used to like kind of like have a moment with me. And I was just like, uh-huh. huh. But there are definitely people in the town who, who have been misgendered or like, you know, it's, it's interesting just the, um, it's a town, you know, there's mm-hmm. a spectrum of different types yeah. of people from different backgrounds. Right. Yeah. And so I think even though I guess it's not a utopia, a utopia, but like relationships can feel that mm-hmm. way, like, or mm-hmm. homes can feel that way. Right. Yeah. But um, I mean, I also feel like what makes the show different, like interesting is because there's different characters with different aspects and shame and, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I yeah, think that that true. like seesaw between uh, being sex drama. positive and slut shaming, it's so normal. Like that, I, I, I like, yeah, you know, like have sex, be safe, but like, but don't really do it. Like don't actually do it and don't talk about it and don't be like, don't enjoy it. Because then if you enjoy it and then you want to have more of it, then you're loose or you're a yeah. slut. But obviously it only applies to women. Mm. Did they actually use or this, you know the people term who identify as female shaming on the show? Because I've been seeing that a lot in a lot of like programming, that? like new programming. Did they actually use the term slut shaming on the show? I don't because I've been seeing a lot of TV, so. a lot of movies like that are made today where you'll literally hear a character who like don't slut shame me or like don't we don't slut shame women like it's really interesting it's like these again what we're seeing what's happening now these discussions we're having now in society it's 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 being poured into what's made for the media so it's out for for consumption so like for me i'm like seeing things and hearing things that like me and my friends talk about and i'm like ah interesting Ooh, that's Hmm. cool that they brought that up i don't know I mean, I don't like the term slut shaming. I just don't know that there is there another more um, is there another like less. um, Wow, I don't even know what word I'm trying to say. Is there another less. um, I don't I don't even know. Is there another word like a more clinical term for what that is? I mean, I, I guess being like sex bust down, Tatiana, bust down, Tatiana. Wait, what are you saying? Uh, no, because I feel like slut shaming is not being sex positive. I feel like it's right. the... Right. I'm talking about the term itself. Slut shaming. Slut shaming. Well, no, Think I, about is the... Way... Is there another way to say that that does not include the term slut? No, because... No, because it tart. is... I think that Oops. it's a tart. Did a you tart. say tart? Tart, tart shaming. No, I said tart. <laughs> oh, tart. You tart? Um, no, I think because like it, it is like... For example, you call it, I mean, no. Well, you know, I, I think slut shaming is actually a very good term to use because it's like, you're not supposed to do it. So therefore, by mm. using the term like slut shaming, it's you're you're using the term that people are called to shame them to talk about this thing. I mean, yeah. no, it is what it is. It just, it just it seems to me like the opposite of that is like slut empowering. And it's like, wait, but slut's still here. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's just... Th- that's where it can always from. be taken back and i well, mean I, I don't know if the th- word slut has been taken I back believe it but has and i think there's even a book called the ethical slut or something like that um i i think yeah i think some people might find the word offensive but like mm-hmm. i think a lot of people find many words that can be offensive empowering and like mm-hmm. self-proclaimed like hmm. i'm sure i don't know like i've always i love uh kind of being uh referred to by people that i love uh as a bitch and and like you know mm. like and 
like I was I remember telling my ex-boyfriend I was like you can call me a bitch if you like I feel like you mm-hmm. want to say it but you're like trying to like tip- I was like <laughs> like say it's, it it's not like a like that's my bitch that's my girl like he doesn't need to, like I don't know like mm. some words I'm just like I like that word like mm-hmm. let's use it like you don't have to be well, and I think it's like that. it's like on a person by person and, totally. and group by group community yeah. by community basis not everyone can like, call me bitch bitch yeah <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm wondering if um, if our goal is to be sex positive, then we should change our language. That's my whole. That's my whole mm-hmm. thing. I'm not saying we don't. We don't need to figure that out right now. I'm just putting well, it out there to the world. Or no, okay. We, we. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna cure. We don't have time. For uh, cure the slut Right now. Cure the sluts. That's some Christian organization in like in like I don't know wherever like the middle of the country. Jesus. Cure the sluts. Can we talk about Kat's backstory about why she gained weight and how I think I call complete shenanigans on the entire thing? Oh my Wait, God. so you Pina don't Coladas. believe you don't believe that you can gain twenty pounds in ten days drinking Pina drinking Coladas. virgin pina coladas? Not as a child. I think as I... a child, drinking a virgin pina colada would give you so much energy that you would burn it off. See. Yes, if but you. I think it's one of these moments where we have to just like with a lot of things in this show suspend like the suspension of disbelief which i think in many ways has been lost in in the way that we consume tv in light of all of these reality shows which are you still have to suspend your disbelief for these shows but i think like and i thought it it was interesting that that was a sticking point for you in light of all the other (laughs) kind of like like just straight up bullshit Okay, like, because the thing is, well, I'm a person of size and I don't believe that over Christmas break, we went off keto and that was that was maybe six days. I gained eight pounds. Yeah. And I gained. So, okay. All right. Well, a little girl who is on vacation and, and we see being sedentary. Right. True. Shit. It's 10 days with a pina colada at her beck and call. That's a lot of whipped cream and heavy cream. Ew, 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 as, a, as someone who works with children, if you gave a child sugar, what would then take place? Oh, they would act a wild. Honey. And they would, act, and they would yeah. use up a lot of that energy physically. Yeah. Especially if they were, I don't know, somewhere where they could go swimming or go to the beach or, yes. you know, that's... That's the thing. I looked at that and I was like, oh, this is the laziest way that they've ever made a character fat on a TV show. The laziest. But also I would like to say this is that the show did a lot of that like quick little like mm-hmm. prequel info. They were like, so-and-so, this happened, this happened, and now we're here. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's kind of, I think it was very clever because mm-hmm. it set the tone for what's about to happen. But I it was really like, like that. It was interesting because like what a cheap and easy way to like get a, yeah. get to a um, um a scene. Yeah. It's, it's like, like they're, it's here like we are. Their IMDb blurb. <laughs> yeah. It was like real quick. And I <laughs> like that. And, and that storytelling element was just great because it happened before like the, the title sequence or whatever of every episode. And then that was it. And I like that because it, it then made what was happening in the rest of the episode so much more immediate and important yes. because you weren't thinking about learning about them yeah. and what had happened to them. Yeah, I wasn't questioning that. I'm not questioning the way that they did the storytelling. I'm specifically questioning that. No, we know that. That no, we know. we're just yeah. we're we're going oh. in another direction. No, I'm oh, just okay. saying that. All I know is yeah, maybe this like fast forwarding of her weight gain and and, and and that story <laughs> about the boy was that was fucked up though. He wasn't the one who even broke up with her. It was that that other girl in class cuz mm. she gained 
he never broke up with her. They convinced her that that he that he wanted to break up yeah. with her, and then she just never questioned it. Yeah. So then she just stopped talking to him. But then they fuck when they're older, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't remember you. Mm-hmm. Which one are you?" I was, okay, I was so confused about that part. I was like, "I think that's the guy, but I can't tell." I don't know. Okay. Also, like, okay, that girl, the little girl who played her, was not five foot two. Because I want to dance with you. I just remember they were saying fun. this wait five foot two girl. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You're going to give me shit for having ah! an issue with Kat's storyline. And then you take issue with the actor who played her as a child. <laughs> issue with I wasn't said. taking issue with what you said. I think it's I think it's interesting that in light <laughs> of all of the shenanigans and liberties <laughs> that they took with everything i want to hold a mirror up to you right now no. and say the exact same thing well, back to no. you about this five foot two thing but i'm just- telling you the thing is what i think is weird is that when she got off the bus after coming back from vacation okay and they were like and blah 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 this five foot two girl gained 20 pounds over whatever whatever and daniel still liked her and then they show them walking and i'm like these look like tiny children like this person's not i'm five foot seven five foot two's not that much anyway my point mm-hmm. is there was a scale issue also on a five foot two frame wouldn't have noticed that 20 20 pound weight gain so sorry so 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 sorry sure you, you wouldn't would. have of course you would have no, as a child five foot absolutely. two at what 12 well that's why i'm saying like that's know. that's what I, i'm saying she like anyway i can mm, i don't know <laughs> I could write. I can tell a weight gain and loss mm-hmm. very well. I could have Miss Shade looked at me and said, "You've gained six ounces." <sighs> I could that have a doctorate dick. in. Uh, <laughs> wow, it's that hidden Never weight. Never mind. Hidden, <laughs> the hidden figures. Those hidden <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, before we get to, because yeah. I, I want to wrap up the conversation about the show a little bit. I just want to really quickly say the acting on the show was superb. Sue, oh motherfucking perb. So great, authentic, genuine interactions. And mm-hmm. I always, I always know a show is really good when I'm questioning like, wow, they're like acting. They like had a moment. They had her all mm-hmm. in the room and worked on this. And like, even just like, I mean, I, I used to be an actor, even just like, choices and how they said things or how they looked at each other how they looked away Mm -hmm. how they eye rolled like all these things i was like wow this is so um pragmatic and like just like nice Mm -hmm. nice it was great there was an ease about it where's the awards (laughs) where are the awards mm -hmm. right give Um, them the tens i i also (laughs) know that there were themes um there was the episode where cassie gets her abortion there's fez Mm -hmm. uh fez's apartment getting or fez's home getting uh raided And then Fez stealing from, I guess, the, the drug doc- lord or the, the doctor. No, the doctor the who doctor was selling lord. the pills right. to the drug lord. I dr- oh, right. which won't? Would they both be drug lords? <laughs> well, I was going to say the the supplier, but it was a it was in fact a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't talk about any of those things because, at least in my experience of watching the show, that all felt uh, not only realistic but also super triggering. <laughs> to watch and and difficult mm-hmm. in a way. So, I think the show did a really good job with all of those things, almost to uh almost to like too much. 
Mm-hmm. I had to pause it because I was a little nervous. I was like a little scared what was going to happen. So that. that brings me to my final point, which is that I had a whole existential crisis after we watched the final episode. Okay. Um, because also incredible last episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I texted and you right after because I was like, if we're going to talk about this, I want you to know how I'm feeling right now as Uh-oh. the episode was ending. <laughs> I texted you and I said, do the episodes oh, yes. make you feel incredibly depressed? Because I, I I didn't notice it at first. I thought that I was just like, because I'm, you know, I'm generally moody, whatever. Mm. I didn't know where it was coming from. And we were trying to, uh, the, the show was so good that we were just like trying to binge it. Oh, and, um, okay. and so I didn't understand why we would watch an episode or two. And then all of a sudden I would feel like garbage, you know, like I would just mm. walk away from it and be like, I feel completely hopeless. And, um, okay. and I don't know why I'm still alive and all of this. Like it was just, very, it was very deep. Okay. And so, um, I'm I'm wondering. This is a great show, but if it's going, to, I'm I'm just wondering out loud. Maybe yeah. other people have watched the show and had this experience. But it's such a great show. But is it worth is is it worth it for someone like me to be watching it if it's going to make me feel as uh, hopeless and dejected as it did? I think there's many shows that are like that for people or many movies and shows like I've, I've, and I think me personally, I'm able to compartmentalize a lot and yeah, that's how I um, was with the show. I watch, yeah, I watch a lot of crazy, emotionally twisting things. And like, I might have a moment where, you know, I, I cry or, or I'm like gagged mm-hmm. or I'm like so like nervous for what's about to happen. I must pause and take a break. Mm-hmm. But um, I never left the any of the episodes feeling depressed and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I when and Robert and I would talk about it and I, I understood where he was coming from. But for really? me, for and me, it, it didn't help that we we shared a, a, a gummy. Ooh. I was going to say I was like, you guys. Yeah. Whereas I'm in the at kitchen the beginning of the episode and it kicked in right at the very end. Yeah. And then I get up when it's done. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the dishes. And I'm in the kitchen like he's over there just like swiping. And I go, what's the matter? And I'm just literally just cleaning dishes. And he's like, I go, what? Because to me, the show and we talked about it and I did not invalidate, I don't think. But the the to me, what was kind of hard to understand why you would get sad about the show was that whereas, okay, and we have not watched the show, but the show 13 Reasons Why, Mm -hmm. which a girl actually committed suicide the way that. I guess the, another spoiler. The girl. Well, no, no, no. The thing is, this hap- actually happened. Mm-hmm. So this girl who was really depressed was like obsessed with this oh, show. God. Her mother tried to get her to stop watching it, but you know, it's like how many things could she take away? She couldn't be there all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> and then she came home one day, and the girl had killed herself, like the the way that the girl killed herself in the show because I think it's like you know she leaves a videotape behind or something mm-hmm. and apparently yeah that's they, the whole plot of the show it's not a spoiler it's yeah. that, that's yeah. the whole plot so of the show apparently it's it's on Netflix right yeah, yeah. yeah. Netflix. Netflix had sent previews of the show to therapists around the country wow. to say hey is this scene where we show how like I it seems it's like instru- it's, it was instructional, instructional Ooh, on yeah. how this girl killed herself do you think this would be triggering? All the therapists said, yes, cut that scene. You don't need it to tell the story. And Netflix wow. was like, eh, no, we've already edited it. Wow. After this, it took this girl killing herself for them to go back and take it out and put the episode back up. Oh. So with that tangent done, I think it's, it's one of those things where you need to monitor 
your own feelings and realize and and really think your own about screening. yeah and, like and, not just feelings exactly like, and think about is this like a cost benefit analysis like right. do i like this show well obviously I like the show but is this in like doing long-term damage to my mental health and not just um oh wow that was sad and i'm forced mm-hmm. to think about things because i think they're kind of a little different yeah, yeah. you know um, because there's certain things I don't watch because I know it's just going to make my depression. Can worse. I ask a question? Yes. Can you relate to anything on the on the series? Um, on the season, I don't. Uh, so one of the things that really that really got to me, and I've I've been noticing this more and more um th- the past couple of months, is that when I see parents like the way that Rue's mom, yes, we, we talked talk about, about this. this. We did. Okay. When I see when I see um uh like a parent taking um or or um a parent basically like in turmoil over the um the way that their child is struggling i f- i have these intense feelings of um of jealousy yes. because i didn't get that in my upbringing yeah so um so it just it affects me differently and that it's- was interesting because i was really sad during that last episode but then something about um rue has a relapse on the last episode and so something about that really just like it sent me down a different spiral but it's like i'm i'm processing the feelings of fictional characters yeah that's that the thing. i mean that's yes and i remind myself of but that they're I, real I totally they're, the they the are, and they relatable, are and they're relatable and that's yeah. what makes right. it right you know that makes the usually people like seeing themselves on tv mm-hmm. like in that way yes. like their stories being told so I, that's yes. or 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 relating in a way that's like, bitch, I didn't have that. Right. You know, like, I mean, right. as, as somebody, right. and I, right before, there was something I was going to talk about at the beginning, but decided not to, but as somebody who was bullied a lot all throughout elementary school for being fat, right. And having their lunch taken away and stomped on. And I, I've talked about it mm-hmm. on the podcast before. Anytime I see a character like Kat, who's like big and then like has a montage and like they can find things that fit them and empower them and like, you know, basically make people scared of them, not because they're fat and they think you're going to sit on them, which was always my case, like not even oh my kidding. God. Oh, yes. Um, but it empowers them because you're taking ownership of who you are and flaunting who you are and that scares them. I always wish I had been able to do that because mm. growing up... I would fantasize about some sort of um, moment, moment that I would have walking down the hallways in front of my bullies I that would scare them because model. I was, I guess, fierce. I mean, now that I know that word. Right. So that gets to me. Okay. I mean, it still gets to me. I still wish yeah. I could do that. Oh, <laughs> I, I looked at I looked at Kat and I she was a huge source of inspiration. Mm-hmm. I mean, even now that I'm trying, in air quotes, to take more risks with my clothes – she was a huge inspiration mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i mm, yeah i'm oh i usually relate more to fictional characters than i do people around me sometimes mm-hmm. or like or i'll have emotion extreme emotions like mm-hmm. i'll you know i'll cry over a fucking cartoon movie right before mm-hmm. i mean i didn't i didn't cry when my grandfather died but i'll cry mm-hmm. during fucking like pets mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know like right um I wonder why. I don't know. Whatever. Well, because like with fictional things, they're able to kind of go a little further because there's this like, and maybe it's quick, there's this vehicle yeah. for the for the feelings, you mm-hmm. know. So you know, it's fiction; it can't hurt. So I think that mm-hmm. that's that's right. where it, you know, it it, it can be more yeah. intense. I mean, in the case of 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 Euphoria, it's mm-hmm. basically surreal the yeah. entire time. Like you know, at the very end when she had like her own 
drug-induced music video. Yeah, so so good. Um, right. My, uh, I feel like I'm talking about my coworker a lot and my kids a lot, but um, my coworker started watching this before I did, mm-hmm. um, and she's like, "Oh my god, I just can't, I can't." I'm like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "It's just too much." And then I started watching it, and I sh- she started talking about why it was too much. Her daughter's the same age as Rue, fifteen. Uh-huh. Um, her daughter's. Uh, identify as identifies as bisexual and she's just like oh my god and i was like well you know like it's this is a tv show but just like so you know like also they live in westchester like there's lots of privilege and money in westchester so there's a Mm -hmm. lot of kids who are doing this drug fantasy that they're kind of painting out um in this tv show um and also as a queer person myself like i um have been in kind of sketchy situations comparable to jewel Mm -hmm. jewel so i was just like so i told her i was like these situations are possible especially in the lgbt community Mm -hmm. like these are situations that happen she's like well that's why i'm scared that's why i'm nervous and i was like your your daughter's i was like i don't i'm I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure her her daughter's like a little like um not as um not, not as adventurous. Le- not as adventurous. <laughs> she hasn't leveled up that. Mm-hmm. Much. She's she's not comparable to me in, in, at fifteen. I love. But I don't like, think most people were. <laughs> I I love that Jules was like, I'm gonna go visit some old friends and like full on went to a rave and fantasy. Yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, okay. Um, not my upbringing, but yeah, sure. But like people have, you know, that's. I remember teaching in um, at a dance studio and the kids started talking, joking about drugs and they're like, yeah, so-and-so's mom does a bunch of Coke. And like, if you look through the kitchen utensils, you'll find baggies of Coke. And I'm like clutching my pearls. Cause here's my fucking 15 year old students talking about Coke. And I'm like Coke. And they're like, yeah, you know, the, the drug for the rich and the wealthy. And for them, it's a joke because it's that common. In, because it lives in their world. In their world. That's how mom and dad but get the dishes done. My world. Cause it's, you know, because I, I grew up very, very, um, naive and sheltered my grandmother raised me and was a minister so like you know um i was a goody goody and right. didn't have ac- access to drugs mm-hmm. these rich white people have access and that's kind of how they get their yeehaws out you know like they're <laughs> you know they're bored they have nothing else to do so why they're not yeehaws. do all these do all these drugs and like um that's not my world but for a lot of people mm-hmm. it's their world so she's afraid because this is Westchester. My daughter's bisexual. Like, what the fuck? Next step is an addiction mm-hmm. to uh, pain pills. So this show was right. triggering mm-hmm. as fuck for her. Right. But I was like, right. We're and it's not it has nothing to do with her being a quote unquote good parent. But I was like, you're a good parent. Like, mm-hmm. I see your daughter. I talk to your daughter. Like, she's a cool girl. Like, and she's not doing these things right. because her friends are doing it or because because whatever. She's 15 and um, has access. Or can have access, like. But you know what? Though? She doesn't like, need it. She's not looking for it. She's not it. It because hmm. Because my parents were always very open with me, right? And like talked to me about everything under the sun. Sometimes I wish they hadn't, including drugs. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh okay. I mean, my my mother dealt with these things like in in her work and like mm-hmm. her you know her her clients that she would do. She was uh, a therapist. Case, no, she was like a case a case manager. Um for for ssi but there were so many other things that always kind of got thrown at them there like it wasn't mm-hmm. just helping them fill out applications for social security it was like, about, like, like people coming up to her like like that they're positive yeah like, exactly you know like everything from being you know the the hiv counselor 
to, you know, administering drug have tests it, and, you know, so on and so forth. So anyway, I, I guess my, my point is that, like, with your coworker, it's like this would probably be a good opportunity to, like, sit down with her daughter and talk to her about what she's concerned. Like, she, her, general, her general concerns, not because she's bi or queer, but just because she is a 15-year-old teenager mm-hmm. being raised in an mm-hmm. affluent community where there is access to... Coke in the, you know, yeah. in, 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 in like the knife drawer or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it is like even watching this, I was like, no, I'm like, I, no. And I'm like, yes. I'm like, no, kids gr- don't have access like that. Like, oh, that's just honey. Not, you know, they can't get away with that shit. They, well, I've seen it. It's interesting because Rue, the way that Rue got addicted to, um, pain to painkillers was because her father had cancer, correct? Something. Or was it something? It was something like that. And so she was stealing his medication. And I feel like that's a very – having a parent that's sick and that is on medication, that's a common scenario, I, believe, mm-hmm. I think. Totally. So, totally. you know, it's a, it's a little bit more – it's a little bit more of um, – the well, your, story your, was a little more real, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, what With your her, – Her story was a little more, uh, I think, gotcha. like real. believable. Um, with your coworker, I feel like her seeing these things and, you know, it, it alarming her – it, it is an opportunity for her to sit her daughter down and then strategize no, yeah. because it, it, kids need to know it, it's, it's one of those things like uh, we talk a lot. Uh, I think we talk a lot about uh, or some people talk a lot about mm-hmm. sexual education and uh, we don't ever talk about drug education and, mm-hmm. and sort of teaching children what happens. You know, it's the same, it's the same thing where like abstinence only education doesn't, doesn't work. work. It's yeah. a complete failure. Mm-hmm. The same is true of telling kids, you know, just say no, that doesn't work yeah. because they're not always going to say no. Mm-hmm. But do they not have health classes anymore? Of course they do. Cause of I had like, do. like in middle school, the like, but they but went into detail about drugs. Yes, I think in <laughs> high school health classes <laughs> did for sure. Well, this was middle school though. That's we. Uh, I guess we talked about drugs in, yeah. in middle school, but like drugs was talked about way more in high school. But uh, just to go back to my coworker really quickly, yeah, she does have these conversations with her daughter. That's great. She does, and my mm-hmm. my coworker is very open, and my coworker's also been very honest and open with 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 us. Her there's only three of us who, who teach at the studio uh, that like, she's really happy that she has us because like, here I am a black queer person who does drag, but also like comes to work on time. And like, you know, like uh, I'm a positive um, role model mm-hmm. of like what a queer person is, even though people might look at me and be like, shame on you. And like, how showing up on time? <laughs> no, for being this like, <laughs> queer. <laughs> Yikes. Ask the wrong person. They'll tell you I'm late for everything, but um, <laughs> no, just like being, being a um a role model in a in a of of a queer person a queer black person because there are definitely people who don't think of uh of of even in Westchester who don't look at me and think like that I'm a positive person to be around you know mm. there are people who send um drag queen story hour hate mail and like you know death threats and yada yada because they think we are perverts and we're doing this we're doing that the same thing uh people can feel the same way about them their children having me as a teacher right so right. the fact that I've known my coworker for fucking um what 11 12 years and known her daughter since she was four um you know and and has seen me in college be a hot cha-cha mess to be you know this age and still be a hot cha-cha mess but like a (laughs) 
you know, like um, a working adult. Like, yeah, she she's just happy that like she can ask me questions. That she knows that I live my life openly and proud and without shame. Mm-hmm. She's like, this is nice to have you around because you've taught me so much stuff that I didn't even know about. And now I have a, a daughter who's queer who like also sees you and right. you know like it's it's just nice to have queer role models around because i know i didn't have any when i was growing up mm-hmm. right yeah that's also important. very important she's a good par- she's a good parent and her her um her husband too they're just a good team mm-hmm. for for their daughter and it's nice to see that it's yeah. it sounds like they are a good team yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of our conversation about euphoria. Um, unless there's something, I think we covered pretty much everything. <sighs> and um, we, we could go on. Yes. We definitely could. Because we didn't but, even talk about the visuals, so, but that's not what we're here well, to talk about. Th- listen, th- I, I just want to touch back about that last scene, though, about um, Rue's... Um, her relapse. Her re- relapse. Yeah. It, it is basically goes into a fucking like, incredible, like moving... Mm-hmm dance modern dance musical fantasy also that's her on that track i yes. know yeah i didn't uh-huh. know either i like literally choreographed that that song for my kids and then when they asked who it was and i was like oh shit zendaya is singing in this mm-hmm. fucking track i didn't even know yeah it's a really um incredible song but just like the choices the choreography like it was it totally was like it was random as fuck which mm-hmm. this show had been many a times um it was, it, 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 beautiful. it was beautiful. Beautiful. Beautifully done. The cinematography mm-hmm. was great in this scene and just moments. And literally it was like, how do they do that? Wait, are there people in a pile? Like, how, is there someone at the bottom? That, <laughs> <laughs> would that be me at the bottom of the pyramid? You know, like <laughs> moments. I was just like, wow, they really like, I don't know. It was a really incredible moment. If even if you don't want to watch the, the fucking series, even though you should, because it's incredible. Mm-hmm. YouTube that scene at the end um, and just see how awesome and beautiful it is. Yeah. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah. It was a great show. I definitely, I recommend, I would recommend it to anyone just with the caveat that it made me very depressed. Mm -hmm. Caveat. um, Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got something in the keto corner and we're so excited about something. Oh my God. So stick around. We'll be right back. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back. And it's time for the Keto Corner. What's in the Keto Corner this week? <laughs> this week, we have a big heaping bowl of edamame noodles in the Keto Ooh. Corner. Um, so Robert ordered this box of green stuff with our groceries about two weeks green ago. Stuff. Box of green box stuff. Box of green stuff. I picked it up and I was like, hmm, what does what's it mean? this? Because it just looked like it was a green stuff. I didn't know what it was. Do you want the real history behind how I found out about edamame, ed- the edamame noodles? I'm pretty sure I've had edamame noodles. Um, so there is a keto YouTuber. I believe his name is Thomas DeLauer. He is a celebrity, uh, celebrity trainer and also, uh, like a YouTube 
um, nutritionist basically. Um, and he does these videos where he'll go to a grocery store or a, a place like Walmart or Target and do a keto haul and show you the um, the keto approved items that you see there. And one of the places he went to was Aldi and we do our grocery shopping at mm-hmm. Aldi. And I, uh, because we don't do it ourselves, we, we, you know, we have Instacart do it for Bougie. us. Um, Bougie ass bitches. We, um, we don't we don't get to see what other items are on there and uh, as anyone who uses Instacart will know there's only certain items on there and if you want something specific you have to special request mm-hmm. it so i'm watching this video and i see that he is looking through all of the noodles that they have for sale and one of them is edamame noodles which is lower in uh lower in carbs um and also very high in fiber so you subtract the fiber from the carbs all that carbs got it exactly (laughs) so um i saw that and i immediately thought we should try that and uh and so when we got our groceries that week that's how we it was the box of green noodles yes and they Mm -hmm. were but what did we do with them well so what we did was we made um a chicken milanese which is Really good and really easy. Melanese. Um, I don't and like that word. <laughs> I made a, basically fry breaded chicken cutlets, but really thin. Yes. Um, Very slender. Look it up. It's super easy. Um, but anywho, Schnitzel. I made uh, like a quick uh, lemon garlic butter sauce with some heavy cream. Mm. And we... <laughs> You boil the noodles, they cook in half the time as regular noodles, and you just strain them, and you're done. And you pour the sauce. I mean, it doesn't have to be a lemon butter sauce, obviously. It can be any (laughs) sauce you want. Right. But there's almost like no difference. I think I've had edamame noodles before. At my my bougie-ass grocery store, they definitely had like different kinds of um, noodles, and I'm always trying to explore Mm -hmm. like... As a vegan, I'm like, oh, let's be creative. Like, what shit is this? What, uh, or like, usually it's like, oh, cute. There's high protein in here. Like, mm-hmm. um, they were definitely know. high protein. I think there was like 20 grams per serving. Yeah, I think it's very it. high and yeah. super filling. So like one, oh, yeah. w- like Ooh. a box is supposed to be four servings, and I think it was like seven net carbs per serving or something like that. Yeah, but it was so filling that we actually were able to split it up into six servings. So, you and I your definitely, carbs. there was one day that I took it for lunch and I definitely forced myself mm-hmm. to finish those noodles because they were yeah. that good, but I would have been fine with saving half of them for another. Yeah. And they're portion. great for meal prep. They reheat <clears throat> really well in the microwave. Is that, if that's all you have at your workplace, um, mm-hmm. they don't get gummy. They don't, um, you know, sometimes like if you have leftover pasta, it gets like, like, um, like chewy chewy and and yeah no this just kind of stays the way it is and i think if you if you rinse them after you've boiled them they're a little more al dente i was gonna say i was like you Um, you don't rinse them before Mm. well no i don't i don't typically like rinse pasta after i've cooked it so i didn't do it for this is that a thing you're supposed to do I've heard people who do it. I don't do it because like, it's, like it's. I think it's just washing like the um like the starch, the starch. The starch yeah. Of it so it all. doesn't yeah. the starch of it all. So it's not so like sticky or whatever. But I don't know. I've never heard of that. Yeah, these I mean, were you amazing. wash your rice before you cook it, nope. right? Uh, I used to. I grew up in a house that did that. And uh, I went to, I forget, I think the first time I took a Spanish class, the teacher was like, you know, you don't have to wash your rice. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I never did it that, again. But like there's washing off the starch, but also like maybe there's some shit on your rice. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes you have to pick out the stones. Right. I think that's happened with me mm-hmm. with um, couscous or lentils or quinoa or some shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's more common in um, like dry lentils or dry mm-hmm. beans. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She likes her dry goods. Mm-hmm. Buy in bulk. Buy in bulk. 
Alright, cute. So yeah, pick up some edamame noodles. Um, fun. If we have any uh, bougie ass noodles in my grocery store, I'll send you guys a photo and ask if you want me to get it for you. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, I know this isn't keto related, but Miss Jade, you are a vegetarian. Uh, vegetarian. You're a vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if you had any thoughts or feelings on the Impossible Whopper. Um, I have no thoughts or feelings. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I think I think it's great that it's an option. Um, actually, I, uh, my aunt posted about it mm-hmm. she ate it and thought it was really good but was like but not for seven dollars bitch that's two things of ground meat um i mean um, but also like fast food mm-hmm. come on like like things are expensive period fast food wise yeah. it's not that um, much more expensive than a regular whopper i'm not sure uh but you know sometimes vegan things are a little expensive mm-hmm. but like whatever right um Especially when you make them more readily available. Yeah. yeah. As uh, I, when I was reading about it today, uh, it seems like uh, I don't remember the other place, but I know White Castle is White starting Castle. to provide more they uh, meat. They have three uh, vegan options. Mm-hmm. I've had them all. Really? Mm-hmm. When one I was in thing, Ohio. <laughs> one thing, though, that I thought was interesting because we found out about the Impossible Whopper uh, from this YouTuber named, um, I think her handle is uh, Emmy Made in Japan, who's amazing. She does like. Everything from looking at like Soviet era meal kits to vintage recipes. <laughs> it's very like she's uh, fascinating. She's fascinating because okay. she and, and she tastes everything that she makes. Okay. Oh, so good. like <laughs> you should do bitch. Well, no, because like she's making like like a, a like spaghetti like a spaghetti o jello mold. And she Excuse will eat it. Excuse me. Yeah. Thank you. Like or, like a or, clam chowder pop. Get the, the fuck out cla- of here. The clam chowder popsicles. I was she, completely she disgusted. And and she completely. was giving you the. What does the mouth feel? I, Ew. D- go check her out. She's great. <laughs> um, but she she did this like taste test, and the one thing I thought was interesting was that um, she said, you know, you yes, it's vegan. But they cook it on the same mm-hmm. the same grill, same grill. as the meat patties. So you actually have to ask them to please cook it on a, on a non, and they'll do it. I mean, Good. you're not back. There, I also but, think I also know. think they put cheese and mayo on it, so you have to specifically ask. Yeah, for you your have to like ask mayo. for. Also, what about the bun? How do we know the bun isn't made with eggs? Oh. Well, I mean, yeah, or butter, you know, yeah. there's a lot of bread that is not. So mm-hmm. that's good. But you just never know until you look at the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that was my first thought, my initial thought, because I really I was like, ooh, uh, Jade's option. coming over. Let's go like check out the because I remember the day one. the day I found out we about went, it. We were we went yeah. on a scavenger hunt for it. And they were like, yeah, it's not here yet. It was they didn't even say it wasn't here. They looked at us like we were crazy. Like, what? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was this boy. And he just looked at, like we literally spoke uh, Hebrew to him. Right. It was just like, uh. Right after I peed in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know that the Burger King here, like uh, nearby, yeah, they have it. Yeah, now it's, now it's, yeah, it's, now it's everywhere. Maybe uh, so maybe we should. Well, sorry. Um, it's great. I, I And I um, to go back to my aunt, like yeah. my family is not, you know, uh, where they're, they're all black. We grew up like eating soul food, like, you know, um, our collard greens has ham hocks and turkey necks in it. Like when I when I go for family dinners, there's literally nothing I can eat usually. Right. Um. So and 
last Christmas I brought a couple of vegan dishes and it went they went over really well, which is I'm, I'm surprised because uh, for my family specifically, they're not trying to eat anything new that they've never had before. Mm-hmm. Like they hear butternut squash and they like clutch their pearls because um, I make a butternut squash mac and cheese and it's fucking delicious. Mm. Um, yeah, we all say mm, and my black family is like, ew, nasty, like nasty face, like, sourpuss face, not trying to have it. Um, I've always been the black sheep of the family and it's I'm not changing my stripes clearly for this. I, I feel like with holidays that are surrounded uh that are are um like surrounding food, mm-hmm. you are very like you're wary to try something different because you're so used to a particular menu. So totally. that's how I feel about it. Yeah. But I feel like um I feel like in my opinion and Correct me if I'm wrong, viewers, if you are black, black people are just very hesitant to try new uh, foods. Like, mm. if, like Anybody, I think, is hesitant to try I mean, new food. Yes, pe- I mean, people have said that to me, but I really you, feel like... You tell somebody in my family, there's not potato salad at a function, and I don't know why this is such a Puerto Rican thing, because oh. like, this is a picnic food, okay. but it has to be at Christmas and Thanksgiving, and, and like it just, there has to be... Uh, I was going to say sweet well, potato. potato. Potato salad yeah. with cherries and hard boiled eggs. Well, in a black family, you can't trust everybody's potato salad. Who well, made yeah, potato yeah, exactly. Salad? Like my brother <laughs> makes it and he's the only one who makes it. Well, my father makes it and it is crash and burn. You know, I didn't understand the phenomenon behind the potato salad until. Until. <laughs> until um, and it's not potato salad related, actually, until uh, trying someone else's pernil. Oh, mm. nana. It is. It is. It will break your heart. Yes. So, but like <laughs> it's, and, and not to say that my family, mm. like my family, um, the recipes, I feel like change sometimes with like what's available at the grocery mm-hmm. store, or whatever like that. But I'm just saying but, it's important to find out who made it. Yeah. Because you mm-hmm. might you might be mm-hmm. in for heart for heartache. Yeah. But there my, are certain people in my family or, or belly ache. But sometimes people are just like, oh no, thank you. But my family will make a scene. It's a, it's a moment. Like they have a right. little, they have a soap opera moment, and I'm just like, wow. Like I remember back when I was vegetarian in college, and I brought hummus and like a teriyaki tofu uh, stir fry, and the faces my mom made, it literally made me say, shut the fuck up and just try it. I really, said, <laughs> I literally said to my mom because I was so, you know, that saying, don't yuck someone else's yum yes. like mm-hmm. when you're talking to someone and they just have like this nasty sour like that's the face that my mom had now she requests that i make my tofu teriyaki mm-hmm. stir fry now mm-hmm. for events uh, that's a new uh. thing you know but it took her to just try it instead of getting over being like a bitch but anyway mm-hmm. so um so there you go to- teriyaki tofu stir fry that's how they get you that's how they get you mm-hmm. but um <laughs> For me, it was amazing that my aunt even tried the fucking Impossible Burger. And I'm hoping, uh, you know, having me at family events and me bringing vegan dishes that are fucking delicious. Mm -hmm. Uh, This past Christmas, I brought uh, my butternut squash mac and cheese. And about uh, 70% of it was eaten, which is a huge deal for my family. And I made um, a vegan um, sausage and peppers. All of it was gone. Mm. All of it was gone. And then my aunt later commented about it on Facebook and said she wants more of that. And I was like, Mm. but everyone made a big deal about like me bringing a vegan dish and made faces at me. And I literally was like, have you tried this? I made this. You are eating it. I'm not Mm -hmm. taking this back to Brooklyn, bitch. Eat it. Um, Because last year, these motherfuckers. um, Oh, yeah, you're still vegan. So literally all I ate for Christmas was rice, beans, chips and red wine and i brought the red wine <laughs> so wow. i was a, i was a fucking carby moody bitch 
Carby so, B over here. Carby B. So I was very happy when um, to see that my aunt tried the fucking Impossible Whopper. Yeah. Amazing. I like had a special place. I like cried a little bit. No, I didn't cry. <laughs> but I was really happy. I was like, okay, my family can, you know, eat, you know, they hear vegan and they think disgusting. They think flavorless. They think, you know, like, mm-hmm. so the fact that they took it upon themselves to just try this fucking burger. I was very ecstatic about it. It's it's actually really interesting. They're not really marketing the Impossible Whopper toward toward vegans. They're marketing it toward uh, what they call... Uh, selectitarians or something like that. It's people who are people who are choosing Vegan-ish. not to eat meat one day a week, yeah. and so they can. Yeah, they can they, switch. they're like putting cheese on it and mayo and cooking it on the well, same grill as the well, other. And that exactly, exactly. So it's it probably still has mayo. They can't, on. <laughs> yeah. I, I doubt that they can legally market it as vegan because. Yes. You know, but also, okay. Like the whole thing, the whole sandwich. What I just said about right. my family. Well, like, they're not marketing it as vegan. That's my point. That's yeah. the thing. I think, like, you know, they have to come up with another way. I think when you tie way. it to what I just said, like, when you when my family hear, hears the word vegan, they think, like, ugh. You know? It's not just your family. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> but, uh... I'm sitting I've had, right I've here. Had, <laughs> I've had non... I've had um, omnivores, uh, like, literally try to have a meaningful conversation with me and it's never it's never from a place of like love or really interest it's literally them just being assholes honestly why do you need a burger that looks like that why do you as vegans need this and i was like we don't need that mm-hmm. that's like there are vegans who ate shit that didn't bleed like right, or didn't right. look or didn't smell or didn't taste and like yeah we call it a mac and cheese it's what we're calling it fuck you relax like right. why, why does your opinion matter right um but and for other people, it makes it kind of like accessible, relatable, something they're familiar with. Right. So they're like, it looks like a burger. It smells like a burger. It bleeds like a burger. Many vegans aren't like, oh yeah, sign me up. Like, but for those, for, for someone like me who grew up on soul food, like, Sometimes food is nostalgic in that way where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, wow. Like, okay, like the fucking Chick-fil-A and Popeye's chicken sandwich that like people are talking about all over Facebook, all over Instagram. You know, all these memes are coming up. Yesterday I saw something. I was like, well, I really fucking want a chicken sandwich. And I mm-hmm. went to the vegan spot Heartbreakers in Bushwick and got a fucking um, hot mess sandwich. It's called a hot mess sandwich. It's a, a, a fried chicken cutlet. It's a, a seitan based. And like, mm-hmm. um, it's it's good. But like, it was just like, hmm, chicken is familiar for me. Fried mm-hmm. chicken is right. familiar for me. I just wanted something that was familiar. Yeah, it's like the flavors and the smells yeah. and the textures. And you can have that. While adhering to like, to like a different, <laughs> you know, set of like dietary. But that's also things. what's what's uh people like. People aren't like, mm, I love the taste of chicken. You love the like seasonings of it. You love the like the texture. Mm-hmm. It's all familiar to you in that mm-hmm. way. Right. Um, I've had things that taste like, you know, dairy based, milk based or like or meat based. And I'm like, <laughs> but like it's familiar. It's not necessarily like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So when people, when non-vegans are like trying to police that, I'm honestly like, shut the fuck up. I'm, I've never been one of those vegans who like literally slapped anything out of your hand from eating. Do not mm-hmm. take my mac and cheese away from me. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me have this. Continue eating your, le- like eating your shit and wearing your leather. Like, mm. um, I think most people expect vegans to just eat salads and, yeah, no. you know, and you know, there's some fucking bomb ass salads out there, but like mm-hmm. there's other things that we can eat. Right. Yeah. Also, Everyone has people hear the word vegan. I'm like, you've had a vegetable, you've had a fruit, you've mm-hmm. had fucking uh, avocado toast, you've had things that are vegan. Right. You just hear vegan and you're just like, oh God, but like, bitch, 
like something I'm pretty sure this, you just made me salsa. It's vegan, bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, right, it's like right, we right. <laughs> but people just get shook. And we're a very non-vegan household. Mm, um, trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, um, let's move on to I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So what are we so excited about this week? So this week we're very excited for the episode of The Exchange Rate (laughs) where Monet uh, interviews Dr. Ruth, the famous uh, psychosex therapist. Oh, damn. She had like a whole, there was like the proper term for what she does and I Mm. forgot. But anyway, she's the famous sex therapist. Yes. Um, And she was promoting her her new book, uh, Sex for Dummies. The fourth edition. The fourth edition. Wow. Yes. Um, and I think a new book called Size Matters or Size Doesn't a Matter. A new documentary on Hulu. Oh, there we go. Ooh. See, I was just listening to the facts. But it's an, it's an amazing episode. Um, Monet looks stunning, actually. Like, the bitch better always than looks ever. stunning. Like, but, but really, this episode, though. Fuck you, Monet. Like, <laughs> there, it was next level, Monet. I don't know what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, she got some work done, maybe? No. <laughs> no, she just... Black girls don't usually do that because, you know, we look Um, good all the time. But the interview with Dr. Ruth was absolutely fascinating, Um, especially seeing her relate to Monet and, like, how they (laughs) interacted. Um, I thought it was very interesting. The best takeaway from this was that um, I didn't know that Dr. Ruth was a Holocaust survivor and had been separated separated from her parents when she was ten and a half and, and, and came here. Um, to the U.S. and at some point during I forget which war she was like an honest to goodness sniper. You better work. Bitch. Like, can you believe that? Um, bitch, I can't believe she's still alive. Period. No. Like when I saw that photo mm-hmm. on Instagram, I was like, Doctor Ruth is still alive. Uh-huh. Also, I didn't watch the episode. Ninety one. I miss. I'm mad that I didn't. Also, she looks great. And she lives in Washington Heights. Bitch, you better. I was like, wait, what? It's that was one of the things Monet brought up is that she's ne- she's never moved. Like with mm-hmm. all of the success that she's gained, she's never moved out of that apartment. I like that. So it's that's amazing. Is it so we all should run and watch it? Yes. Okay. That, and then watch the documentary. Run, run to your phone. <laughs> run to my phone since I probably destroyed mm-hmm. my laptop on the way coming here. Um, Yikes. But yeah, look at it. Uh, look at it. Watch it. Um, watch the exchange rate. It's great. Yeah. You. Do you have anything to recommend, Miss Jade? Do I have anything to recommend? She likes nothing. Try the Impossible Burger without <laughs> cheese and mayo. <laughs> And not on the meat grill. Not on the meat grill. Um, not on the meat grill. Not on the meat grill. <laughs> um, anything to recommend? No. You know, like, I mean, I feel like we've we've recommended so many things on this episode thus far. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you recommend one of your gigs so that our wow, listeners can go see Wow, I would love you. that. Yes. Um, recommending gigs. I have a party um, at the vault called Or So You Thought. And it is usually the fourth Friday of every month, but we're doing a Labor Day weekend fantasy. So uh, this Friday, um, come to the vault in Bushwick or whatever, whatever they're calling it. I think they're calling it um, East Williamsburg. Oh, idiots. my goodness. Um, check it out. It's um, no cover. It's going to be myself and Princess Bitch and musical stylings by Midnight Hour. It's kind of like uh, we're trying we're trying to push it to be kind of like a POC um, um, queer dance party. 
Um, yeah, there's nothing like that. And honestly, there's a bunch of white people running these bars. And, mm-hmm. and um, I want this to be one that I'm catering towards my brown and black folks. So come out. It's open for all, of course. But, you know, I want to see my, my brothers and my sisters there. So come through. There's many gigs that I have. But um, this one that I would, I would it's, this one is coming up. So I want you all there. Come through. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for being our guest, Miss Jade. We missed you. Thank you so um, much. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can follow you on the social media? You can find me on Facebook at Miss Jade, M-I-Z-J-A-D-E. You can also find me on Instagram mm-hmm. and on Twitter at Miss Jade underscore Davon. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. If you're following, yes, I did change my handle on Twitter. <laughs> I noticed that this week because I've tagged you three times on on Twitter. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I was hoping you would notice. Doesn't she have new merch? Yes. Oh, my God. I also have a website, MissJade.com. That's right. M-I-Z-J-A-D-E.com. Check out where my gigs are. I always post my gigs on the calendar. And I have some merch that has dropped um, at at, um, Drag Queen Merch. Head over to my website and uh, get that merch going. Let's see some cute Miss Jade um, moments. And um, there are crop tops. There's crop, crop top crop hoodies. hoodies. What? <laughs> mm. um, so you Yum. know, order. Uh, it's quick, quick, quick uh, mm-hmm. delivery, bitch. Um, post a photo on Facebook and Instagram and tag me at Miss Jade. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag Miss Jade. I would love to see. Do any of those like cuties photos out where there? They, like, pull it over cover, yeah, cover your yeah. dick. Cover yeah. your clit. Cover your. Natch game, whatever, um, <laughs> and or or don't cover it because I like nudes, bitch. So like, well, if it's the crap hoodie, oh yeah, show me all Ooh. the goodies, honey. That's an upgraded um, nude. So yeah, um, head over to my website and and show some love. Also, you can always Venmo me at Miss Jade underscore Davon mm-hmm. as well, especially because I broke my laptop today. Um, <laughs> so finance me, <laughs> yes, or I'll go to FiDi and get me a oh my god, a, um, a financer. well we are grizzly kiki on everything that means facebook twitter instagram be sure to follow us there you can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com and maybe we'll read them on the air and don't forget to subscribe on itunes and spotify Mm. so until next time bye. bye